All right, so I want to tell you guys about... I was making some food earlier. I made an omelet, and I'm going to name some ingredients. And you're going to guess what assembled... I don't know how to describe it. Like, assembled food product I made into an omelet. Let's see how this goes. (laughs) So it's an omelet. There's egg. Then I added... There was some... I put chicken in there. Uh Uh-huh. Then I I put in potato... Mashed potatoes... All right. Then, of course, the pot- <laughs> the potatoes needed some gravy. And then I topped it all. I'm like, oh, well, this needs color, and the egg isn't yellow enough. So I added I added corn. Who can solve <laughs> the riddle of what I made an omelet out of? Are we supposed to name it or figure it out? Yeah, what is it? What are those? What Those are your clues. Uh, oh, oh, so crap, like where the did the corn come from? Where did the chicken no, come what from? Is, what are these ingredients? What do these ingredients have in common? What kind? Oh, <laughs> they're all produced by there, mass production capitalism. There is an omelet. It contains mashed potatoes and gravy, chicken and corn. Oh, you made a Popeye's omelet. A Popeye? What? Where are you from? I mean, we're getting we're getting very close. Mashed potato. <laughs> the famous bowl of omelet. Yes, I made a famous bowl omelet. Oh my god! No one could stop me. It was. <laughs> Welcome to Last Minute Politics. This is a pol- these are politics for the end of our times. The famous bowl of podcasts. <laughs> they release their new health guidelines. We've gotten rid of the pyramid. We're embracing the famous bowl. We're embracing the bowl. We have the carbs at the bottom. We ha- I mean, oh the fuck, that bowl. works out. Because there's dairy, there's your meat, yeah. there's at the top a nice <laughs> coating of oil. There you go. Just, the fried chicken grease is the top of the pyramid. It's just as accurate as any other model we've had. Right. And hey, it is def- it is demanding the a death of something to be made. There you go. <laughs> it I demands been, a sacrifice. Yo, I've been getting into fake meat. Do you guys are you all part of the fake meat revolution at this point? I'm fine with fake meat, honestly. People are down on it because it's too salty or or has detriments that regular meat has honestly but whatever oh if you're talking nutritionally some of this fake meat is as bad or worse than just regular meat as as the (laughs) resident vegetarian and increasingly vegan uh in general when you go far enough into it the meat replacement stuff is basically for the still existing meat eaters uh i enjoy it i eat it but for the most part when you lose the taste for what for, for me are animal fats the fake meat replacements mm. taste just as weird as accidentally biting in the real thing sometimes <laughs> it's like ah oh, crap did i just actually bite a cheeseburger i genuinely <laughs> have called a, a server over i'm like can you confirm that this is or is not an impossible burger because i can't tell <laughs> and they're like no that that is and i'm like ah oh, fuck i lost the taste for burger oh well they should have just immediately called the ad representative. Like, we have him. Put him on air. <laughs> I can't tell the difference. <laughs> what am I eating? <laughs> what is this, candle wax? I have no idea. <laughs> it could be anything. He's like the Mikey for life, but the, impossible yes. burger. Exactly. Oh, boy. Jagger likes oh, it. Oh, no. 
Yo, I love the fake meat. It's just real expensive. I, I swear, the only yep. reason Americans are eating as much meat as we do, here we go, we're getting into the capitalism part of this shit. Yeah, it's the, the fake cheapest. meat I've had is pretty good. It's uh, just when really it's, expensive. When it's been on sale. Yeah. Yeah, if I can get the... If, if tomorrow we, I could snap my fingers and every crappy meat product, every like hot dog, McDouble, Taco Bell soft taco that costs $1, if all that just unidentifiable, uh, unidentifiable ground up meat magically changed into meat substitute, which apparently yeah. the jack-in-the-box tacos are already kind of a half and half, I would be so happy. I would eat that crap <laughs> all the time. Like, I wouldn't care that it was fake meat. I want what is cheap. People will stop eating as much meat when it stops being the absolute cheapest thing one can go out and buy. Hey, Pepper, why why, why is meat, when it when the best of meat is considered to be, you know, expensive and a delicacy, how can it be so mass-produced and made so cheaply? What mechanisms are in place? I mean, we talk all the time about how, oh, capitalism doesn't, like, socialism picks winners and losers. The government will decide what businesses succeed. And then we talk Lies. about the farming subsidies. Like, yep. people grow, it's, and it's not that, like, farmers are evil. <laughs> really, it's like, when people say farmers, it's Monsanto and, like, Tyson. There are, like, mom and pop farms do exist, but they've basically gone away in the same way that, like, mom and pop shops have. When you go and get meat, farms have turned into like Walmart equivalents where everyone sells the same, whoever, and yep. they get subsidies either to grow soy. Everybody talks about all oh, these soy subsidies, chicken and milk and beef. Those all pork. Those all have insane, huge subsidies to make them as cheap as they are to us. If you charge what a burger actually cost to raise a cow without torturing it the whole time, to <laughs> feed a cow without torturing it the whole time, or feeding it cow guts or something else horrific, like that burger would yeah. cost 15 or 20 bucks, and suddenly you would think twice about buying one twice a day. Yep. It's kind of funny. It's it's kind of horrifying how McPlant made the the market go crazy bonkers for oh, Impossible and everything because they have the power of McDonald's behind them. Exactly. That's what it takes. The only way to even get positive change in our current hellscape is to pursue the nicest Big Daddy company and hope they do something nice for you. That's right. It's what Please, uh, Burger uh, King. Mr. Robot did. He Save took us. it down from the inside. <laughs> I mean, Watching Mr. Robot, I was like, wow, this is probably the most realistic kind of... I could see like, if a, yeah. a weird apocalypse tech terrorism, but positive, like a positive tech terrorism thing. If you guys <laughs> don't know, this is kind of a spoiler, but not really. It's just like someone hacks in and just hacks all the debt of the world, basically, and deletes it. Gosh. To, yep. in, a, in a less descriptive way. They hack the debt and just make all those numbers in a bank of zero. Do, do we want to segue into Xander? Because if that isn't one, I don't know what is. <laughs> Actually, let us. But you before we do, I just want to make sure we do intro so I have these on freaking tape. All I right. am Pepper Coyote. I am joined by Xander and Dragor. Xander, what? I, well, we'll do our plugs at the end. <laughs> no, it's so, okay. Let me have I'm another Xander. run of intros. I got to figure out like a standardized intro thing. So No, that's okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Last Minute Politics. My name is Pepper Coyote, and I am joined by... Xander. There, we did it. <laughs> <laughs> so Dragor, we you missed your part. Just, well, that's kind of like me like tossing an underhand ball at two different people <laughs> holding baseball bats and being like, fight. Yeah, and I didn't want my head taken off. Okay, Joker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? So I'm Pepper Coyote. Here I have Xander. Xander, say something so they can know your voice. Hello, everyone. I am Xander, and this is my voice. And then we have Dragor over here. Also, Dragor, should I be saying Dragor, Dragor, Dragor? 
the the name <laughs> the name as I wrote it and hear it in my head is Dragor, but the way you say it, you're the only one that I am comfortable with with your odd pronunciation, <laughs> Dragor. <laughs> <laughs> because when it's you, Pepper, it's I genuinely feel it as just kind of an endearment thing. But if other people were to do that, I would go, no, you're not allowed to do that. It's like <laughs> RoboCop. My friends call me Murphy. You call me RoboCop. Oh, my God. <laughs> so this is Dragor, and the three of us are all various flavors of, of leftist, and we are here to talk about things. Yes. Well, Xander, this segues into your topic for the week. Okay. Yeah, my topic is basically, <laughs> I'm about to say five of the scariest words a white guy can say. Let's talk about Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the movie, right? Not like a, a, yes. a secret fight ring you have started. No, no, the movie. Because, you know, it, it has a lot of bad fans that, well, didn't get the right message from it. And the reason I want to talk about it is because it's not just Fight Club. It's that whole genre of movie. It gave the tone of the era. And there's a lot of young people that didn't live through that. And I, I just want to let them know that it's a lot. Of, I just don't think a lot of people can appreciate how it felt at the time because, like, this is the best capitalism can give us. And there was a tone of dissatisfaction. And this is wrong. And that's what The Matrix is about. That's what Dark City, Big Lebowski, in a way, American Beauty, Office Space. These all had these themes. I mean, hell, we can th we can take apart Office Space. Dragger, you can jump on in this too. Like. They, they go, why are we working here? It's like, what would you do if you didn't have money? And they all, unfortunately, have this weird effect of getting out our rebellion against the system, being capitalism, through entertainment. As in, like, that's our release. And that's that can be it. And that's what Network kind of hinted at, that entertainment and satisfaction. So... What I'm trying to say is in the 60s and 70s, there was that the spirit of capitalism kind of died. It kind of came back in the 80s and then it kind of died again in the 90s with the alternative music and shit. But in the late 90s, a lot of the themes of the movies were this sucks. We are still not happy. And this was the height of before the 2000 election, where the message of the 2000 election was things are great. How do we keep them going this way? Essentially, these movies are examinations of what would happen if we tried to opt out of the current system. It just kind of explores. Yeah, the office space guy just like wakes up one day and he's like, wait, why do I give a shit about this job that does not give a shit about me? I don't want to do that. I want to do something else. And then it shows how do you go about actually trying to exit the system where <laughs> Fight Club, they end up living in an abandoned house and doing fights. Well, I was going to say for office space, uh, I never quite thought for the longest time I didn't think a main sticking point of that movie was realistic until I have lived it myself in like mm. this latest job in the past three years. And it's the main character, Peter stops giving a fuck, but mm -hmm. he's still showing up. Like he's still going to the job. He's just doing whatever the hell he wants. And the aura of that is seen as powerful and powerful is inherently respected by capitalism and so he's getting these job offers he's telling people what he would do and they view him as like suddenly brilliant and i thought well that's a crock of shit <laughs> now i spent the first decade participating not participating in capitalism but fighting it like 
it I'm lucky enough to have gone through and be a programmer in Chicago and I am statistically like doing very very well by capitalism standards mental health be damned yeah and but I'm always like well yeah I've got the job but I can do things I can I still had the dream in my head and the dream is what got me into the most trouble and so mm. when I took on this job I'm like fuck it let's just Let's just get in and get out because I have to. And let's not actually care because caring gets me into trouble. And mm. lo and fucking behold, I am more successful at this job than I have been at every other. <laughs> I get more. I, I'm able to contribute to leadership more. People ask me more of my ideas. And I'm not even giving them all I got because I don't care. It is the weirdest uh, Are you saying I'm, not being alienated from your work is good? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because like that is half the problem with our jobs. Half like I can think about all the jobs of why we got into what we were doing. Well, especially for me, or <laughs> and and you too, Dragger. Like whenever you take any job, you have to okay, what do you want? I'm sure you do, Pepper. What song exactly do you want? <laughs> like that 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 comes first. That is the job. So it's not really you as an artist speaking. You are you are speaking you are an instrument for said money person. <laughs> you you are their voice or it's their voice through you. So it's not really yeah, the and that same. Re that relationship kind of flex, uh, fluctuates depending on it's just, it's a power dynamic thing where sure. it, you can be on the the one extreme side where you're like a video game developer and it's you have zero control over any of the vision you are the monkey you put the square in the square hole like that is your yeah. entire job is you complete the task pre-described to you versus on I'm like the opposite extreme end where anyone who I'm commissioning they're kind of like I have the right to I have not well not the right but the ability the place of uh, of relative comfort that I can say no to commissions. If you were like, write this song for me. I'm not so insanely desperate for money that I must say yes to absolutely everything. That's true. I do get some level of creative control. And if you have that level, if you have like pretty, pretty large creative control over what you're doing, it almost becomes in a weird way fun, at least to me, because then it's like commissioner saying, here is the box you must work within. Now make the best possible inside of that box. I'm like, yeah, yeah. fun. Cause I am the driver of my work and I get to reap all of the benefit from it. Right. <laughs> there are many uh, psychological studies that say constraints are like provably good for creative endeavors yeah absolutely if, if they're not to the like the kinds of constraints that uh, uh contribute to alienation alienation right. by the way fancy marxist word for i hate my job that's all alienation <laughs> is <laughs> my job fucking sucks alienation all of us know exactly what it feels like when you're sitting in the, the when you're hiding in the freezer of the restaurant you work at because you just don't want to go back out there that's alienation you don't feel connected to your work i feel extremely connected to my work for obvious reasons i write music i'm a musician great very connected to my work i'm not alienated because i put in music music comes out hooray right. as opposed to if you work at the freaking denny's if denny's goes under yeah, you don't really care but also if you go under denny's does not give a single <laughs> fuck about you like if you work mm -hmm. at these jobs where you know they don't value you that is what creates alienation you don't see benefit when you work hard you don't see pain when you work really shittily You've probably try your absolute bare minimum at these jobs because you don't care. 
Denny's can burn yes. to the ground. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I am entirely alienated from the company that I work for. I do not and see even, benefit when it does. Yes, you are even alienated from the quality of your work because, oh, yeah. as I said, I saw a lot of coworkers crunching on Charlie and the Chocolate Factory for the GameCube Ooh. or whatever the fuck, and they were losing hours of sleep. And the, it was a shit game. That is the that is a fact, you know, but they Ooh. were cranking and and working it over, and their work was good on a, on, on an individual level, but but when you put it all together, when you have to experience it in one moment in time, it was shit. <laughs> so just like our food was shit, we made it at the restaurant. <laughs> exactly, it's it, their ingredients that you are not responsible for when they put when the chef ultimately puts it together. That's the best way I can describe it. So imagine you are responsible for this ingredient and the thing comes out and gets a shit rating. The dish. Yeah. <laughs> how can you feel bad about that? And how do you want to get jump out of bed in the morning and run to work like I'm gonna get some shit done that's gonna matter? Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. They're gonna throw they might throw out your dish. Oh yeah. I've been on projects six months, gone. Yep. That's like so the often. expected cycle in your particular sector. Oh, by the way, just so everybody knows. Uh, I am lucky enough to be a freelance musician now. Before this, I was a public school teacher, and before that, I worked about every low, like every mixture of service job you can, like retail, food service. I was at Walmart for a bit, you know. And Dragor, uh, Dragor, yeah, Dragor. <laughs> now yeah. I'm like in my own head. How do I say your name? <laughs> D-R-A-G-G-O-R. <laughs> you are you are in the clear, buddy. Go ahead. And if people start pronouncing it your way because this thing takes off, happy accident. I'm fucked. So Dragor, uh, he 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 works in tech uh, on the program. Programming side, so he's yeah. he, he's escaped the he's not on the the IT yes boss I'll fix your computer for you side he gets a little bit more control over what he's doing. Um, <laughs> I guess I just want to differentiate between like I come to the school and fix the laptop to make sure you can get into Gmail and you who writes yeah. code. Yeah, and real quick, I just want to say, I'm a 3D artist animator where I just get my animations out. I used to be more general, but. After a while, I just do animations, and that's pretty much what I do. But you have, like, major industry experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, back to what Dragger was saying. Well, so I'm similar as Xander. So uh, the types of things I work on and have historically worked on uh, fulfill math brain. So, like, the differentiations for stuff is there's applications, so the things end users interact with, and then infrastructure. And I've traditionally been on infrastructure, which, believe it or not, uh, the people in charge of companies give the least amount of fucks about. Mm. So, <laughs> like, unless your That's company... That's why all your games crash yeah. and shit falls apart when they launch. <laughs> right. Uh, every non-tech big business person gives zero fucks about how it's made. They want their ice cream now. Yep. And so even though I am in an industry and Xander is also in an industry in a different way that requires a lot of uh, just no one has made it before. Figure out how to put all these disparate parts together. And there is creativity and there's decisions in it. There's a lot of schooling you do. There's research to learn from other people's fuck ups or other people's successes, knowing when and when not to use the other thing. All of that's in play, and not a single person gives a fuck. <laughs> like, the only people that care are your peers, and depending on where you are, they're so browbeaten, they don't care either. Because at the end of the day, when you miss a, an artificial deadline, emphasis on artificial, the, the hammer comes down. It's, oh, well, this team isn't doing well, so we have to change everything. And all of those directives usually come from people that 
don't know a goddamn thing about what the people are who are actually making the thing are doing. And Xander, as you mentioned, the 90s were entirely movies that describe the whole conversation we just had. How we're alienated yeah, from our work, don't care about what the thing. So like, where, where are we going with that? Yeah, I'm just I'm just doing this because I have to li- do it to live, and it doesn't click with them that that's a message, but it's a hidden message that you have to work to live. So that is part of the conversation, and that that sucks. It's, of course, that that's negative. <laughs> but yeah. really, we all would want to work on something we want we think would help society rather than get a paycheck. At least I think a lot of us would. All right, so here's here's my question. Based on the discussion we've had, all of that is kind of like groundwork and world building for all of these movies you've listed. Sure. And so in the case of Fight Club in particular, what is the what are the nefarious forces that are in play that have recognized that? And you talked about the uh the fans of Fight Club yes. that quote unquote take the wrong message. Sure. So, I want to hear you talk well, about that. It's interesting because uh, Tyler Durden does fit a fucking uh, conservatives like to hoist up. Uh, honestly, it's a human nature thing. Ah, the ideal. We should all be that, right? And it and he's, it's very he's like an alpha, right? Yeah, he's it's like a hyper masculine. Vi- if you guys haven't seen Fight Club, he's a guy who just beats the hell out of people, treats women poorly, like just runs through, does whatever he the, wants. But my point is, is you can watch anything and ignore the parts that cognitive cognitive dissonance is amazing is all i'm gonna say we watched a ton of movies in the 90s that told us how shitty our lives are and the fact that it is like this grind mentality that's been beaten into us by the system that we live within that you must work to survive and we watched all that growing up and our parents watched that all as adults (laughs) and yet it has not seemed to that message was not really taken to heart. Fight Club's a very notorious example. You, but. you can take the example of like, oh, maybe it's not worth the effort because, oh, then we go too far and this is as best as we can do. There's definitely that idea in the background too, is this is the best we can do. That's a 1999 feeling. And, and then we watch these movies and elect the villain of those movies as president. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the funny thing is like we were arguing about what to do with the surplus W, W, and yeah. Gore. We're Clinton. doing so well. What do we do with the surplus? <laughs> and like, meanwhile, people are like, I still can't pay my medical bills. I got to do this fucking job I hate. Uh, my rent, like, is it, this is getting worse. Like, obviously, th- a lot of things were getting better, but we still lived in shitty capitalist society that, and if people don't know, capitalism has to exist. For, for it to exist, we have to literally prey on other countries <laughs> and poor people must shit. exist for for richer people to exist yeah uh, for the system to like keep going but it's kind of like how people talk about all oh, the the reagan era was this excellent golden time and the people who think like that were the people who were benefiting uh-huh. at that time a lot of people lived through the 90s thought it was great like you said surplus yes we have too much money what do we even do with this yet we did not fix our underpinning problems the reason i'm bringing this up now why i think it's important is because uh <laughs> for a lot of people, that's their goal. The Libs goal is 1999, right? They yeah. think that's as it's good as, as it can utopian. get. Yeah. 1999 is to the liberals as like 1984 is to conservatives, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where the conservatives were taking like uh, 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 
uh, credit for the economy, blah, blah, blah. But just uh, there was a disconnect between the success, quote unquote, success in the country and the general malaise attitude. These are all the system sucks movies and everyone's going to the movie like, yeah, the system does suck. This is fucking terrible. Shit, we got to go back to work. (laughs) It's like I interviewed years ago at a it was some financial loan place so you know capitalist scum Mm -hmm. and the person who i would have been working under i decided to just be cavalier and i'm like please don't dress it up why are you here nah and it was the best honest answer i've ever had in an interview and the guy's like it's a good enough tech stack i don't hate it i can get in put my head down, do my work, and I'll be out by the time I'm 40. Yeah. Selfish. Like, like, and like, that makes sense. So, like, when when you talk about people going in and seeing all these movies, or, you know, we look around and go, how are more people not upset with capitalism? They are. <laughs> mm. I think there are a lot more people that are that either don't know how to put a voice to it or are afraid to or kind of as we've all kind of said they believe it, but don't think anything meaningful will change because, you know, it's all on the individual. There aren't unions really Mm -hmm. not, you know, there's no, there's no solidarity among us. We don't have like the labor movement like we did in the forties, fifties, (laughs) sixties. Yeah. Nope. So like I am at my current job, you know, there's a bunch of people that do believe in capitalism and what have you, but there are a lot of people there that I openly talk about. I'm like, you know, I like y'all, but, you know, if I didn't have to work for a living, I wouldn't be here. Right. All right I'm gonna and use I can this say segue, that out in the open. I'm going to use this to segue into a, a segment I have. Go for I it. I have a segment. But when you hear people talk about why we couldn't try, name your favorite, socialism, communism, uh, anarchism, whatever thing left you want to say, because they all kind of have similar different goals, uh-huh. similar in ways they break from capitalism. They go, oh, we can't do that. Look at blank country. There you have to just work in a factory and a job you hate, just doing mindless labor over and over just to survive. You don't have any time to be creative or have fun. They just force you into your job. They tell you what your job is and you have to go there. And people are like, yeah, that's like 1984. That would be a nightmare. And then you look around, and why did you pick your job? Because, oh, I could get in, do the thing, leave, make my money. Like, it's all, we do that with right now. Right now, that exact fucking nightmare scenario we all envision is happening. True. That's why I went to college for the thing. I, I didn't want to go to school to specifically teach, but I'm like, okay, I want to do music. How can I trick cap- the capitalist system into turning my making music into rent so I can live? That is true. That, I, I, <laughs> I even made that. Uh, co- I want to. Animate. Constellation too. I, I actually. Uh, How can I make? I started making drawings and paintings. I, I mean, my my thought was, oh, if I'm going to survive in this tech world, I apparently have to do 3D art, and that's how I I saw Jurassic Park. I'm like, okay, let's do that, and that's the that is why I took it. You specialize and make choices based on money. So here's the segment. This segment is called. Say it with me. Is it? Socialism. Is it socialism? <laughs> Yay! Where dun, I will dun, des- dun. I'll describe something, and then uh, we'll we'll dis- we'll figure out whether or not uh, it's a thing I can make about socialism or not. Spoiler: every single thing I can make yeah. about socialism. 
So okay, talking about doing it. work you don't want to do for for whatever reasons you do. Here's a bit of fa- uh, a bit of fandom news. You might have seen recently that the president, or specifically <laughs> I guess Rudy Giuliani, yes. they 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 went to book some kind of like victory speech press conference something, and they're like, cool, let's book the Four Seasons. <laughs> so they go and they're like, Four Seasons, very nice hotel, let's book it. I think Philadelphia. I don't remember what what city or state it was in. Book Four Seasons. They show up and we're getting screenshots of a uh a, the back of like what looks like a business. There's like a parking lot there's a garage door like just a roll-up regular ass garage door yep. with trump things all over it i'm like what's going on it turns out they booked the four seasons total landscaping <laughs> which is a landscaping company it has nothing to do with the hotel chain <laughs> and my true heroes in this scenario are whoever answered the phone email whatever and they went what yeah you want to book this yeah okay and they said nothing. <laughs> they didn't say, hey, you realize this is a landscaping thing. They're like, we want to book this for a press conference. They're like, yes, sir. And they wrote it down <laughs> on the calendar. They gave them the space. <laughs> that's amazing, right? We got so one. So that's the, yeah, that's the first half of the fun. They then do the press conference in the back of a thing. It's just like by side of the road, not a presidential. Oh, so the other half of that, who's my hero, is the Secret Service. I know this because I listened to uh, Mark Marin described when he had Obama <laughs> on his podcast how the Secret Service had to come there ahead of time oh, and yeah. scope out everything. They had like a Put sniper snipers on, on the roof, thing. right? Yeah, they had to make sure that shit is safe. That means the Secret Service probably had to go to the Four Seasons to yeah. landscaping yeah. and nobody came back and said, hey guys, you realize this is a fucking <laughs> parking lot? <laughs> they are not there like, to question the choice. They are there to just do oh, their job. I hope, I want to imagine they came back and they're like, so how was it? And they just go, the Four Seasons is secure, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Not a living person. You have to imagine behind the scenes, like next door, because that it's riding a lawnmower is going to be <laughs> the crematorium, right? It, I'm imagining the Secret Service being like that riding lawnmower needs to be secured. <laughs> <laughs> we have to take all the blades off these lawnmowers just in case. Oh, uh, Cooper Town's so going to yeah. That's only the first half of this. So that happens. The whole internet's like, hooray. So within a day, a, per- a person I've been friends with in the fandom for a long time, his name is Cooper Tom. Oh, by the way, we're all furries. So when I say like we're the fandom, furries. that's who I'm talking about. Surprise. Sorry, you clicked on this podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Cooper Tom is, is uh, someone I've known in the fandom for a long time. And he started making VR stuff because we're all in the plague. Everybody's figuring out Blender. We're making 3D models because we want to make VR chat uh content and he made the four seasons total landscaping in the vr so this gets picked up by like buzzfeed and other like mainstream normie media outlets are going oh look at this isn't this hilarious the four seasons they messed up and furries have oh look at oh, a clickbaity news story fun times everyone gets a laugh at the end of this, eventually, like, Cooper's having a great time. People are going, he's getting attention. He's getting recognition for the large amount of work he put in. I mean, he made, it looks perfect. Yep. It looks exactly yeah. like the Four Seasons landscaping. He nailed it. And he's going through making goofy videos. And then at the end, he's like, hey, this is great because since I got a little bit of attention here, some people have given me tips. I can finally pay off this dental bill I've been working on for a long time. Yeah. It has been ruining my life. He is nearly like, he is getting emotional at the end of a video. Yeah. He's at tears because 
in our country, the only way you can pay for your dental bill is if you accidentally get picked up by BuzzFeed and then 10 randos give you some money on PayPal. And if that's like a system working properly, what the fuck are we doing? I know. Wouldn't it be better if Cooper could just get his dental care kind of handled through like a, a mild tax everyone pays of like a, a couple hundred dollars a year and then everyone in the entire country just gets health care when they need it? And then how much more time would he have to be making... <laughs> Total right. company. Like, I, like everyone's life would improve. <laughs> I, I found out that like every party in Britain like takes the credit out of the fuck out of the NHS. Like, yeah, we did that shit. Like, it's oh, a, they love it. I know it's crazy, and I'm just like, what? Wait, now, now we have a furry saying, "I can pay my dental bill." Thank you, God. Thank goodness I, that my thing went viral, so I can pay a medical bill. Yeah. This also rubs up against the idea that people won't do work without direct paychecks. Cooper Tom did not live his office space life. He lived the second half of office space life where he he's between jobs right now. So he's doing things that he just wants to do. Yes. He does not get a salary from VR chat. Like, I don't think humans are motivated entirely by salary. And if they are, it's the kind of motivation that leads to what Dragor was talking about. You come in, you do your time like it's a literal prison, and you get out. I hear yes. that phrase all the time. Get out. <laughs> you escape the fuck. You escape a job. Yeah. How is that good? How is that a good way to run your goddamn country? <laughs> so one thing I would like to chime in for the, if anyone is moderate or isn't already like where we are in our headspace, mm -hmm. uh, I'll, I'll give myself as a personal example. If when I originally was going through in school for computer science, because I do like computers, mm -hmm. uh, I understood, you know, growing up, I understood computers better than people. It was just easier and it was fun. Uh, if I didn't have to work for a living, if I never had to work for a living, uh, I guarantee you I would have thrown myself into some area of computer science-based research. Uh, probably not medical. That never interested me as much. But I've always been a space cadet. I've always been immensely fascinated by science and exploration. So, like, my my dream as far as, like, I want to work on something that matters because, I don't know, it's in my blood. I like, it's part ego and recognition, and the, and the flip side is, like, the things I enjoy and take part of, I like knowing the names of the people that did it. So what if I'm that name for someone else? It's just kind of like an inspiration perpetual motion machine that I'm interested in. If I didn't have to work for capitalism, I'd give my time to building fucking rocket ships. Without a doubt, I'd work on maybe, uh, like, advanced sensors to help detect earthquakes. Just because, like, hey, maybe someday my name will be like, yeah, that dude was part of a software project that saved lives. Mm -hmm. That's a great thing to brag about. I think a lot of people, like, want to contribute to the tribe as far as that goes. And, and you know, like, to make them uh, valuable, you know? And, and it's not just that. Oh, like absolutely. The, the, the theory to me is what I've experienced is growing up, uh, most people, hopefully, and there are people who really don't get this, and that's very tragic, is you're in a spot that's either rough or it could even be normal, and someone else or some other group does something that benefits you that they didn't need to do, mm. and how much elation and joy do you feel that it happened? <laughs> 
that's part of my motivation in doing a lot of the things I do is the times I have been some of the absolute happiest, happiness, happiness. happiest was directly because other people chose to do something that helped me. It's it's the same thing that we're talking about. Oh, isn't this a great story? We 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 paid his medical bill. Uh, I saw a thing <laughs> where Darby Allen uh, just became TNT champ. Uh, I know this is wrestling, but the point is somebody made a tweet like, "Wow, he works so hard. Nobody deserves it more." And in the back of my mind, what I know about this guy, he did what he wanted for a living because he had a near death experience that he decided he wasn't going to care about money. That is what set him on the path he is now. Yeah. Oh, he got where he was because he didn't give a shit about money and followed his, like what he likes to do. And they said he was barely eating, barely right. Like he was living off couches and shit because he didn't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and the, what the point is like, ah, see, he was living off couches and he fucking made it. And like, should he have been starving? No. To bring it back to alienation, which is like how much you feel connected to the work you are doing and how uh, most of us feel not connected at all. If you want to find the most the, like the most tragic cases, it's where you find the intersection of where people have jobs where they do not feel alienated. Like look at public school teachers, look at nurses, look at firefighters. And then why are you hearing stories about, wow, nurses are the most underpaid people in the world. Teachers, most underpaid. That's because those are jobs that accidentally are, or, or, you know, for one reason or another, they are not as alienating. You feel very connected to your work. When I worked in public schools, I felt extremely connected to my work. Mm -hmm. I did a job and I saw a result and that result happened to be like the, <laughs> this sounds so freaking like, like, oh, I'm a saint. Like the betterment of children's lives was the reward. <laughs> it, it really, it really, it, is. it breaks down to delivery system. You both are in the same room where a lot of us are like conglomerating together and shipping out this product. We have, we have no connection to them. You might look at the special thanks at the end and say, oh, that guy has a funny name. <laughs> like <laughs> that is the connection we have to our people that we made like gamers they don't know who the fuck made their games they know shigeru miyamoto maybe and a few a handful but they don't know who makes their games and in the game industry even you know that uh, your boss abuses people's passion that's how crunch even works yep. a lot of game designers they genuinely want to make a good game so they will work a hundred thousand hours a week and they won't just go you know this fucking sucks i'm gonna quit because they know some of them will, but there's always more people who just want to do a good thing, so they will run into these abusive-ass jobs. We, Sorry, I don't want no, to spend okay. my okay. Our entire uh, lives on this The segment, last but. thing before <laughs> we stop on the Four Seasons, because uh -huh. uh, I read this, Fur and uh, the Cooper Tom, just parallel evolution, if you will, mm -hmm. both made the Four Seasons thing. The Cooper Tom one yeah. took off. Fur, the... Everyone just decided that Fur had ripped that off. He had to lock his account. He started getting death threats oh, no. because Holy he seemingly shit. ripped it off. Fur. Fur is like a known person who does the same thing, and he's not a bad guy. He like Jesus, those two know each other. Even like they do, <laughs> they hang out. Yep. What the fuck? Oh my god. People so assume, that's all yeah. I wanted to add in. I didn't know if you both of y'all knew that or not. And be because of capitalism, because if two people do the same creative thing, we have to all get in a big fucking fight over it, where if it was the 1700s, that's just how art worked. I don't want to get into a different rant. No, Let's no, yeah. Like, <laughs> hey, you're trying to take his <laughs> money thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
that's just how art worked in like every year up until like 1935 <laughs> it was just you just kind of remix each other's shit and it just wasn't a big deal <laughs> so dragor you're here to talk you're i don't how much of a setup do i do i've never done a podcast Should I uh, like we fully talked set it about up? uh cheeto getting in that we all hate and for election us, news yeah yep, election news and for us on the left uh we all very much liked Bernie Sanders. Uh, we aren't Bernie bros in that we ignore any faults. But <laughs> for what Bernie was championing, that's some of the most good that aligns with what we want that we've seen. But the problem is it's first past the post in many different types of elections we have. And that breeds a two-party system. So what we have today you always hear the line, oh, what are you going to do, vote third party? It's just throwing your vote away. It's a vote for the status quo mm -hmm. because it requires such a grass not it requires a grassroots movement to get a significant chunk, and then it requires even more to get the majority. And so uh, ranked choice voting, as you may have heard it called, or sometimes called instant runoff voting, is basically scientifically... Uh, proven to deliver to people what they want better than solely first-past-the-post voting. Mm -hmm. Hey, just for reference, the entire country of Ireland uses this system, and they love it. Go figure. Yes. So, uh, let's go with the main case. Uh, Pepper, Xander, and I are running for office, and Pepper and Xander represent the two biggest parties, and I'm here getting minimalist support, but enough to make a dent in someone. Mm -hmm. uh, enough to perhaps cost someone an election. But what does cost someone an election mean? The Jill Stein of... <laughs> yeah. Dragger is severely hacking into the the, the Xander vote because they are similar scalies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's more of like a more of like a oh fuck who's the guy in Florida who got a, like a, a dome number of a, a dumb number of votes in two thousand? Oh, I don't know that one actually. This joke is really funny if I remember the goddamn uh, name. Nader? It's not Lieberman. Who the? No, not even Nader. Who is the? Guy? <laughs> oh, wow. never mind. Keep go going. Ahead, go ahead. Wait, no, it was Nader, wasn't it? Didn't Michael oh, Moore and oh. Bill Maher get on their knees and beg him to not run? <laughs> the second okay, time. Now I got to look. Now I got to Google this. Uh, you were, anyway, you were saying. <laughs> uh. So what happened with Bernie Sanders, I've heard this from a lot of people, is they didn't vote for him because they didn't think he would win, and they didn't want to risk a different candidate in the primaries getting ahead that would have been either less good or more harmful. Take your pick. And that attitude is bad for people casting ballots. They want the thing, but the system in place tells them it's not worth risking it. So ranked voting would do as follows. It's instant runoff. If no one gets a majority in what is, quote-unquote, the first round, then there are follow-up things to do. So if myself, if Dragor, Xander, and Pepper are all running, you wouldn't just cast your ballot for who you want to win. You would rank one, two, and three, or for however many choices or people you have, in the contest. And if no one gets the majority, the lowest one is removed, and mm. everyone who cast a number one vote, their number two votes get added to the number one pools. So what does this mean in practicality? Pat Buchanan! <laughs> I'm thinking of Pat Buchanan. Continue. Okay. <laughs> so, 
let's say by default we have uh, the three of us and there are nine people voting and you need a majority to win. Pepper gets four, Xander gets three, and I, the scaly siphoner, gets two. <laughs> that would cause some kind of runoff election or some other crap in first past the post. The laws around this vary wildly. Sometimes there isn't a runoff election and then establishment just gets to pick who it is. Because, you know, that's fair. Every state has different rules. Isn't that they great do. in a democracy where we have national elections? <laughs> yeah. So, in let's say the ranking is, ah, well, I like scalies, but I like red more than blue. Mm -hmm. So, the people who voted for me, let's say they put me, the two that voted for me gave me ones, but gave Xander twos because they still like scalies, just blue a little bit less. Well... I am the least amount. Pepper's at four, Xander's at three, I'm at two. You take me out of the equation. Well, now those votes, those people who voted for me, they still have their second preference, so their vote still gets to count. All of a sudden, they're going towards Xander, and the people in general that liked Scalies at large are the majority. It's now four for Furry Pepper and five for Scaly Xander, and there you go. Now, this can happen in multiple rounds. If you have, say, 12 candidates for something, it might take two, three, or four, or five rounds of running the numbers before you get your majority winner. Mm -hmm. These rounds, if you will, don't involve people to recast votes. You put your order of preference up front, and they just redo the counts, removing the lowest count each time, and then reallocating based on that voter's preference. Gotcha. So how many people would have cast Bernie Sanders as their primary vote if the fallback consequence was, oh, well, Elizabeth Warren or Joe Biden will get it because, you know, no one wants Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'm sorry. So like, or no one wanted Bloomberg. So would Bernie Sanders have had a better shot if there was safety in fallback? I genuinely believe so. I do too. And science does back that up. There is research for it. It gets rid of the spoiler effect. And you realize the reason this will never happen is because they are absolutely desperate to force us to continue voting for either Democrats or Republicans. Because in the same scenario, yeah, most people on the first round, let's say we just skip to a general election. We have just to, I don't know, to be as stupidly simple as possible. Let's say it's Trump, Clinton, and just a third person. We don't even know who the fuck that is. So, so all the big Trump fans are definitely going to vote Trump first. They're definitely going to vote Hillary last, but they might put someone who isn't one of those people as their second choice. And essentially it seems to tame radicalism. Radicalism, what am I saying? It, it yeah, tames yeah. like the home team mentality for sure. Because if you're like, well, I gotta vote for Biden because he's the electable one. So he's number one. But then uh, here's my uh, second choice. Or, <laughs> or the opposite. I'm gonna vote for my ideological perfect candidate. First vote. Then second's the one I think's probably actually gonna win. That's how yes. it would really work in practicality. Yeah. And that would lead yeah. to very different outcomes. <laughs> and how it would also allow for, yeah, if a bunch of people think that and they all go for this, like, who they think is a moonshot, nowhere, no chance candidate, guess what? Now they're not a crazy, ridiculous chance anymore. And it, like, kind of tempers that way of thinking. Just imagine telling people, like, you no longer have to worry about worrying, oh, this guy can't win, so I won't vote for him. You know, everybody yep. loves 
tier lists. We've been making those fuckers for months now. Or yeah. I think that fad is already over, I, isn't it? S tier. So you were saying you don't choose. You don't choose lesser of two evils. You now are ranking several evils from me, like ranking least evils. to most evil. <laughs> like that's already better. And then after a few cycles of that, the whole way you campaign changes because you're no longer desperate to scare the shit out of somebody into their giving you their one vote. So like running around being like, the other candidate is murdering babies right now. <laughs> like that, that, that like holds less, like you can still cool. They'll be in my votes, but they will be one of several ranks that I choose. In general, people vote for things they want, not things they don't want, ah. except for this latest election. <laughs> More people didn't want Cheeto than they wanted Joe Biden. <laughs> two-thirds, apparently, the exit polls, two-thirds that voted for Biden were more so voting against Trump than for Joe. That, that, is, yes. ba- yeah. that is one thing I saw. I, I, I mostly believe it. And that is why ranked choice voting is very important. Because if you're doing that, then it's flawed. And yet it lost on a ballot that they voted on. And I'm guessing, like, I'm just like, yep. why? Vote yes on two uh, did not succeed. It was uh, about, like, 55% against to 45% in favor. Not Illinois. Where was what it? What state is uh, it? Massachusetts. Crazy. Well, it- And it did not succeed. The biggest obstacle to getting it in there is what I just said, where it weakens the two-party system. So I do not see either of those two parties effectively making it happen. People talk about Maine. Maine has passed ranked preference voting. They have not fully implemented it, or if not, it took them years and they recently have. Like, they voted that thing in, like, five-plus years ago, and they've just been putzing around actually putting it into effect. And there's court things trying to, oh, we're going to sue you to make sure it doesn't happen. Republicans and Democrats do not want that. And that also kind of lends itself to the whole, like, both sides are equally bad conversation. Because in this case, they both equally oppose a good thing for the same bad reason. Yeah, they want to maintain power. Yes, they do. Of course. (laughs) And hey, uh, Senator John Kerry endorsed ranked choice voting. Hey. Cool. He should. He got an election stolen from him. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think he actually (laughs) lost pretty okay, like, unfortunately. Ohio. Nobody talks about... Ohio as a state in 2004. Oh my God. Look into that shit. All right. Like everybody talks about Florida in 2000. Yeah. Florida in 2000 was some shit. Ohio in 2004, they fought even less. It didn't even become a a big deal. Like at least Florida went to some, like it was given a spotlight. Ohio, we don't even think about that (laughs) because at the time, the, the, uh, this is not my segment at the the time. They're like, Oh, we just had a scary election where we had to go to the Supreme court. We can't do that again. It'll hurt America. So the Democrats like, fuck it. He (laughs) he wins. We're not going through this again. That's basically what happened. (laughs) We would rather make sure one of us stays in power, because at least it's Democrat or Republican, than possibly risk um, like a bunch of Americans going, you know what? This is horseshit how we keep having these ridiculous, contested, stupid elections. Maybe we should change. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. Uh, I would like to close this segment with, because uh, I want to get to yours. Uh, I would like to close this segment with a meaningful outlook or change that a lot of people might not understand will be the case and that is as follows in a two-party system the negative attack ads are insane we've all lived through it we all hate it (laughs) like there isn't a single person that enjoys seeing them like you might have that gut reaction oh i didn't know that and then you see it again and again and again and it's awful and ranked choice voting as we've kind of gone over 
You're not voting for what you don't want anymore. You're voting for what you do want. So your election advertising will change mm. to trying to stand out in the crowd for things people actually want. Good point. Jagger, I'd say it's better. You get to do both. You get to start your ticket voting for what you want and end your ticket by voting for what you don't want in the lowest possible slot. <laughs> <laughs> You get to do both of those things. It's excellent. You get to put D's nuts, the actual the candidate. Remember that was a joke candidate. You get to put <laughs> D's nuts above Donald Trump in your in your ranks. It's great. <laughs> Dragger, I have to ask, um, just to play devil's advocate, have you seen any downsides to ranked voting that didn't sound suspicious? <laughs> um, ranked voting doesn't protect you from like a demagogue or a populist that's shitty. Sure. From Casting a spell on folks, if you will. You do like, got to win that much harder to make it successful, though. Yes, um, but it's not perfect. Yeah, but at no point was it a, a clear 51% of the entire country majority. Yeah. Just like you'd have to hit that on first go to be a successful demagogue, like through voting. It's worth a yeah, shot. There's that. And then the thought experiments in my head are does ranked choice voting make it? more possible for an extremist idea to get through or is it a similar but different stance because look at the extremism we get through on a two-party system as we are right now so in comparison would would ranked voting allow for an even more insane person i mean could it sure is that likely where it's gonna go based on the demographics we have today not that I can tell. I am not informed enough, but that is a question that I do wonder about. Mm. For reference, and to help, uh, and to also uh, like round this thing out, uh, for reference, in 2016, neither candidate got 50 or more percent of the vote. It was 46% Trump, 48% Clinton. So even if, like, my, my any other person than them scenario, <laughs> neither of them nailed it in the first round, and they would have had to, gone, to go to second choice. And then every single one of those Jill Stein voters or whoever the fuck voters would have then, their vote would have flipped over to either one of those two candidates or, even better, a third candidate who people like and want. So we're talking about why people vote, mm -hmm. uh, like voting against Biden versus for Trump. And this is my topic for the, for, for the, for the Other session. Other way around. For the week well yeah, yeah. but like you <laughs> know motivations in voting and i i wanted to examine just we are not journalists i'm not <laughs> i don't think like oh he's done some investigative journalism and he knows some facts this is just me kind of guessing by looking at really vague numbers mm -hmm. but i wanted to look at did the black lives matter riots help or hurt and i'm calling them riots not because not to be der like sure. derisive and put them down like riots are bad protests are good i'm saying a riot is an entirely valid form of protest <laughs> because it actually gets shit done okay i don't want to advocate violence on our podcast but i say <laughs> riot specifically because i'm not trying to like water down what happened right. some of these shits were riots they burned down a police station they burned down several like a target and some <laughs> other whatever establishments so what i did was i just looked into i just looked at the voter percentages in the 2016 election versus the 2020 election in cities and states well really states in states where that kind of shit went down where like the quote worst mm. i wouldn't say worst because i didn't think it was bad i think burning down the minneapolis police station was basically the only thing you could do after such insane injustice was presented to you on tape hundreds and hundreds of times sometimes you gotta burn some shit down and not a single human being was hurt doing it so fuck off build a new building anyway 
<laughs> I was going to say, like, that's that's a nice outcome compared to what history yes. has done before. Oh, my God. I think there's a lot of boomers that say that nothing could ever justify burning down a building. Like, it, oh, any, any property. Any, yeah. Yeah. It's kicking over a trash can, not justified. There is a Violence. weird property fetish people have. Like, it's not weird. It makes complete sense yeah, to does. me. <laughs> Under the capitalist mode, you val- property is the most, the highest form of thing. True. Why do you think so many people like slavery? It turns people into property. Oh, yeah. They were property at the time. They were, uh, the Civil War was entirely about property rights. So the New York Times, in an article that I'm not going to cite, about <laughs> nine out of every 10 voters said the protests, the protests over police violence were a factor in their voting, with more than three-fourths calling it a major factor, according to preliminary data from AP VoteCast. Uh, a large voter survey conducted for the Associated Press by NORC at the University of Chicago, hey, <laughs> about a fifth of all voters said protests were the single most important factor. A fifth of all voters, so about 20% mm. uh, of their decision at the ballot box. According to the survey, which interviewed, I like this, is 140,000 respondents, pretty good sample size, uh, by phone and online. Uh, with these voters were split deeply on who should be in the White House. Among these who cited the protests as a factor, these numbers immediately kind of answer the question, by the way. 53% voted for Biden. 46% voted for Trump. 53 is a bigger number than 46. So did the BLM riots help or hurt? They helped. Yep. Thank you for coming. Yay. That's the end of my sit. No, <laughs> I have a little more. No, uh, like, uh, to, 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 to reflect on what you said, the, the, the uh, registrations show that registrations skyrocketed when BLM happened way more. Uh, I mean, it went up a little bit for uh, the GOP as well, but nowhere near as much as for the other side this is going to sound kind of cynical and i only talk this way to reach people who like being messaged like this like i try to all my arguments i can make from a very practical standpoint and from an emotional standpoint but most people don't really give a shit about the emotional one Mm -hmm. so from a practical standpoint if we're talking like democratic election strategy like there's there's really three groups there's people who like uh people who just don't give a shit about the protest at all which is a a, a bigger portion of the country that we kind of need to recognize. A lot of people just don't even care. Gr- like, yeah, the grillers. some craziness. Yeah, the grillers. Some people are. I don't want to. I don't want to bastardize the grillers. I mean, okay. So, sometimes grilling is a valid choice. But if you're home fun. grilling, you're not spreading COVID. Uh, <laughs> and that's the positive of the grill film. Maybe people. just based on where I grew up, I know what when when someone says grillers, I know exactly who they mean. <laughs> oh, I see. It you, could be uh, my notion thing. of grillers is a thing I've developed over the last like two months. I think of s- suburban who doesn't care about the world outside their house. Oh yeah, <laughs> like I differentiate. I differentiate them from people who have quote taken the grill pill, like oh. take the red pill, take the black pill. If you take the grill pill, that's well, we're in pandemic. I'm gonna sit home and grill all day. I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> You're staying <laughs> home during the pandemic, and generally, I see them as a positive. Okay. <laughs> like, good. Don't be going to gatherings. Just stay home and grill. <laughs> Please. But I think there's a bunch of people who just do not care, and then there's people who uh, voted for Trump because of the riots and there's people who voted for Biden because of the riots and the group who voted for Biden because of the riots outweigh the Trump people and they the people who don't care they don't care anyway so True. simple answer yes it's really not a bad idea let's look at some states Minnesota 
Clinton won by 1.5%, barely won Minnesota. Biden won by 8%. This is the state where riots start. The riots start. That's like the George Floyd that happened in Minneapolis. And uh, that's where they burned down the fucking police station. <laughs> they burned down the police station. And what did they get? They got the biggest like city council results. They got the vote didn't freaking get all the way through because our system is garbage. But the city council elite was like, hey, we're going to defund our police and we're going to like make some actual change. All right. Like the ball started rolling mm -hmm. and Biden won by 8%. Like he more than quadrupled the percentage of victory for Clinton. Yeah. And that's where yep. they burned down a police station. <laughs> I can't imagine a much more extreme protest than that against the police. And Biden actively condemned and intentionally called them rioters and looters even yeah, when it was peaceful protests mm -hmm. like, this is the candidate telling them i don't like that and people are like yeah well we do we're still gonna vote for you <laughs> <laughs> in oregon where portland's been going solid for like m almost most of a year at this point clinton got 50 percent of the vote biden got 57 percent of the vote it's already a very blue state but still it just increased democrat turnout i guess georgia Georgia turned blue this year. Yep. Coincidentally, right after a massive Black Lives Matter protest where they burned down that fucking Wendy's. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. A very loud that? vehicle is passing. It's a very loud... They're burning down the Wendy's. Here it comes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I said burn down a Wendy's. <laughs> Here comes the Wendy's police. It's almost like people want meaningful change and understand uh, lesser of two evils or, as I like to say, harm reduction. Everyone keeps running to the center, this imaginary centrist candidate where it's like, oh, we can't scare them by protesting or really doing anything. So we have to pretend we're just going to change nothing. And that's how you win elections. That's why you have Biden on tape saying nothing will fundamentally change if I am elected president. He says that whole sentence and you can yep, see him yeah. on tape doing it. He said it this fucking year. It's not from like some day gone past. He means that. And that's what they think people want to hear. But as we are seeing in the numbers from the election... The states where the most radical left shit took place are where the Democrats won by, like, bigger portions. Georgia went blue after they burned down that freaking Wendy's. Well, it's not the burning down the Wendy's that made people vote. It's the cops shooting people over and over and over again on tape in increasingly horrific situations. And people are like, well, come on, we gotta freaking change something. And it seems that... It motivated both Democrat and Trump voters sure. for very different reasons, but in general, it vo it motivated more Biden voters than Trump ones. Yep. Trump voters would have been motivated with or without this riot. They were just as fucking hyped for their guy. They were. They voted yes. for President Trump, like Dragger said earlier. They voted for him. So remove the riots. Those people would still be very, very psyched to vote for Trump. Add the riots, we now excited a whole lot of Democrat voters who would not have been excited otherwise. Like, you know what I'm saying? Ah. I do know what you're saying. I mean, you know, they're going to say shit. You got to realize they're like, oh, well, the riots, they're just going to turn more people against you. And they're just going to say shit that's not true. It's like when uh, I, I always question Democrats when we're like, Bernie's not even a Democrat. Why would the average person care being allegiant party. to a party yeah why God, i why? i hate that we have to go like well do you like the raiders why does that matter if i want to run a country which team i support it's training we were talking earlier about it's seriously yeah, going training for bernie for sanders rooting for Tribalism. your home team yeah guys if i asked either of you what your favorite thing about bernie sanders was would you give me some like personal like characteristics nope, some like an anecdote 
Yeah, you would list a policy. Yep. You would list a goal. Yeah. <laughs> Not I would want to go, have a beer with him. Well, he's a very kind man who, after the death of this senator's son, he sent a thank you card, and I really liked that. <laughs> like, what people, what Americans like, like, vote on is insane. It's like, I don't know. I It, it is true that more uh, left leaning more so vote on policy and right on on character and personality and it's all very much aesthetics driven of the glorious leader go ahead dragger i'm sorry can can i suggest that as a segue for the next time we do this sure sure because what you're talking about is how people view essentialism okay yeah Ooh. Ooh. The reason they like the have a beer with them <laughs> is because they're valuing, they're making a judgment that that person is good and therefore will do good things for them. Yeah. Okay. If you believe there are good and bad people in the world, it, it leads to that. I believe there are good and bad ideas and good and bad ways to like run a business and they're measurable, not business country, eh, business country, all that shit. And they're measurable. I'm concerned with material outcomes. Hell, if by some weird reason President Trump gave us Medicare for all, like handed out a ton of money for COVID, said, stay home, your rent is canceled, your mortgage is canceled, I wouldn't be shit-talking it. Yeah. I'd be like, good move. Thank you, Mr. President. And yet yeah. he didn't do it. You know, it's funny, a lot of people said he would. Uh, yeah, to like fuck over the left, and I'd be like, please, don't threaten me with money that yeah. I can use to live. The best part is they know that it might not even, well... A, they don't want to do it, <laughs> nah, but it actually might not help them in the polls. That'd be really funny. Yeah. It'd be really funny if the president did everything correctly and it hurt his poll numbers. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, fuck this, f fuck this weakling. We want somebody who's going to punish us. Daddy, whip me harder. <laughs> well, my dad's a That's a, a very, very Catholic thing. <laughs> I, mm? My dad's a Republican, right? And all I ever hear about from him is... They won't let so and so open their restaurant, and just like they're the victim, like <laughs> just, that's how they think. I don't know how to like. like you can break down the why, 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 but no, <laughs> that's their restaurant. They have a right to it. They can open it whether they want to or not. Like people, people can do anything they want with their property. Yeah. Property rights above all. Yeah. That's that's how you can look at a protest where human beings are getting tear gassed and clubbed and fucked up. But as long as you in your mind or heart believe, oh, no, those are bad people. That's what is supposed to happen to these bad people who are doing the bad thing of damaging what? Property. Mm -hmm. They're damaging property. Therefore, they deserve whatever hell the police, the violence arm of the state would like to inflict upon them. Oh, my God. Perfect. They burn down a trash can. Perfect example. Murder them. They mentioned their criminal record as if that matters. Oh, my God. Right? How many times do we have to hurry about, like, child murdered in their sleep by seven drunk police officers? Like, yeah, well, that child one time got a D in history class, so yeah. fuck them. Like, <laughs> they try they, to bring my... an essential reason that they deserved it. They were bad. Yep. I heard someone uh, bad-mouthing the quote-unquote riots, and I'm like, oh, do you know why they're happening? So I go, oh, just a bunch of people that can't get what they want. And I'm like, did you watch the video where George Floyd died? I just, I went to that, and the person went, no. And I'm like, are you going to? And he said, no. And then I said, well, then you can shut the fuck up. And that was the end of that. Protest does not work unless it disturbs the status quo. That is a thing that has to happen. It has to... It has to disturb the, the, the malaise that people are like, oh, wait, something's wrong. To, to cap my own section, I want to go to our, my final segment. Guess what? This show is called Last Minute Politics. Uh -huh. Guess what the last 
minute of the show. It, all right. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, so like, like we talk about i use the word riot over protest or not over protest. i think a riot is a form of pro- can be a form of protest there are many kinds of riots mm-hmm. one can riot for many reasons sometimes it's protest reasons such as you want like increased rights so i talk about having i, I want to advance a materialist ideology like the kind of leftism i am concerned with are the ones that come down to dollars and cents yes. is your life improving like Making a like celebrating and furthering Black History Month is an aesthetic change. Uh-huh. Reparations is a materialist mm-hmm. change. There's a difference between giving a holiday to a group of people and handing them a check that they can pay their rent with. That is material to me. <laughs> so if you're doing a protest, if you walk around, chant, and make the cops feel bad or be like, you boo, you did a bad thing, <laughs> chant. That is an aesthetic protest like we want to be seen and we want to give off like a vibe yeah a material protest is anything that costs the cops a lot of money (laughs) now marching around can cost the cops a lot of money you know what else can like every time they have to board up a building every time they have to fuel up one of their dumb tanks that they have for absolutely no reason every time they want to buy new gear like bleeding the police dry of resources is an effective protest and guess what you have to do after you burn down a police station spend a shit ton of resources either building a new one or you are down a police station which is a resource if the cops want to hurt a group of homeless people they take all their shit if the cops want to be hurt we should take all of their shit i guess is what i'm saying or at least make them use it all up on their own uh there was i think i don't know if it was in a news article or just openly on twitter but maybe it was in california uh and it was we can handle a weekender, 100,000-person uh-huh. protest. We oh, cannot yeah. manage or sustain 100,000-person protests. Eventually, the cops run out of resources. If they stop paying the cops, if they're like, hey, guess what? Overtime's all canceled. We can't pay any of you. They aren't going to go to work, not most of them. <laughs> so go, oh, you're not paying me? I'm not showing up. So let's go to let's go to our last minute. I'm just gonna keep going because I'm already sort of on a roll. Last the last minute of the last minute podcast is I literally set one sixty second minute on my phone. All right, and I will interrupt when we hit it, or if you end before, that's fine too. So let's see, one minute. So I've been talking today about how we can use resources in a way that a riot can in fact be a very useful form of protest. Uh, If you're out doing protests or if you have any influence over them, try to convince the leadership to move the thing around. If you guys keep going, like in Portland, they keep going to the same spot. If you go to a new spot, they have to pull out new plywood and board up a new building and like move all their stuff. Heck, tell them you're going to a spot and then half with your night. Just leave. Go somewhere else. Make them move all their shit to a new location. Like Anything you can do to waste resources, that is a good protest. Yes. And <laughs> this does not necessarily mean violence. Notice I did not say go shoot a cop. Absolutely not. I don't think inflicting violence on other people is good. Inflicting damage to property, especially property that you are kind of sort of paying for with your tax money, police property, which is public property because you freaking paid for it, that's a more effective protest. That is the end of my minute on the dot. Yeah, you did it. Nice. Xander, your last minute oh boy, I'm gonna, of politics. Okay, I'm going to do a minute of politics. Uh, I kind of talked about how uh, 1999 was the height of capitalism in my lifetime before everything came crashing down. We had election and 9-11, literally. Uh, 
Um, my whole point is 1999, for those who lived through it, was like supposed to be the best time. And yet all of our popular culture reflected how miserable we were and how we think there should be something better. And I just think there's something to that. There's some, some, something to glean from that, especially when they're the most popular movies at the time. And it really reflected a uh, the, the tone of the country, if you will, before we got thrown into fucking crazy uh, militarism and going everywhere with uh, going to Iraq or whether the terrorists are going to get us and where we are now. So before that, we were in a general malaise of unhappiness. I can tell you this. That's how I felt living in there for those who were not there in 1999. And that was the best. That's your minute, Xander. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> Wait, are we viewing this as a goal of trying to fill at least one? No, I don't know. <laughs> it's the first time. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. That's right. We don't know what we're doing, everybody. You get to help us shape this if you're listening to this. <laughs> oh, by the way, hey, Drago, you are uh, in charge of like all of our online presence. Where can they find our stuff before we uh, get ahead of ourselves here? <laughs> uh, as of right now, I'm just co-hosting it on my own website, dragor.me slash last dash minute. Uh, we have a Twitter. There is a Twitter at last minute pol Paul. Cool. You can and only do fifteen characters. I found out you can't do more than fifteen in an at. Makes me sad. Oh, last minute That's why poll. It's like that. <laughs> like poll. I'm like ah. It's like a, I guess this is a four chan reference. Yeah. <laughs> I guess better better than last minute p. Oh well. Last true. minute p. Last minute p is a good title. You are probably hearing this on YouTube right now. Uh, we are, we are. There will be a PayPal link in the description if you guys want to help us pay for uh, distribution. We want to stick this thing on iTunes, Spotify, every major podcast network, and uh, it costs a few dollars a month. So if we get legitimately nine dollars in uh, nine dollars in tips, we will be able to fund a month of being on Spotify. There you go. <laughs> yep. So Dragor, what is your last minute of politics? My last minute is not just about ranked voting, but you're going to continue to hear a lot of talk about the Electoral College again. And the big thing to do when that comes up is to learn about what ranked choice is, and if you like it, continue to bring it up. Uh, the big thing that Andrew Yang brought to the table by being on the primary stage was at a national level, started talking about universal basic income. Mm -hmm. And more people heard that for the first time then than ever before. And so big grassroots ideas start with by learning the language and being able to talk about it with each other. Uh, ranked choice voting basically is that. If you want election reform and you want to get those ballot measures in your local elections yes. where they do genuinely matter, start talking about it to your friends, family, and colleagues. People need to know what ranked choice voting is before they can make an informed vote on such a measure. Mm -hmm. There, a couple of seconds early. Real quick, I just want to say the general people liking UBI just makes me think that more people think your essentials should be met than they want to say. It makes sense to people. It, if you just sit down and explain it to them, that's why at first I was very side-eyeing Andrew Yang. Like, oh, he's a venture capitalist. This guy's only a piece of shit. And now... Yang is, like you said, he put cool ideas in front of enough people that now UBI is just like a normal thing people know about and is an option. It's not seen as this crazy, ridiculous thing. We're just going to give people money for free. Ha, huh, it's impossible. Like, it's, it's funny. a thing now. I actually think <laughs> Yang is forward thinking and thinking capitalism is going to collapse if they don't do a UBI. <laughs> like, yeah, I think he's more, I'm young and don't want to see my entire world explode exactly. by not fixing it. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, everybody. I have been Pepper Coyote. I'm Xander. I have been Dragor. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Again, I'm, chuck, I'm chucking that softball out. Swing away, fuckers. Oh, Good man. luck. <laughs> We're having tryouts. Break the pool cue. Okay. Okay, let's let's do me, then Xander, then Dragor, because okay. that's the order we did our minutes in. I that's have been true. Pepper Coyote. I am Xander. I have been Dragor. And this has been our last minute of politics. See, see, see you Bye. later. Bye. Bye. That was funny. But my point is, is you can watch anything.